our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago. But those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago, and at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back to a brand new episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It's Kelsey and DJ, and this is the follow-up from the Super Bowl. The week of the Super Bowl is over now. Game has been played. Super Bowl 55 is in the books and your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by Tom Brady himself, have vanquished the mighty offense that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Literally vanquished. I mean, they only scored nine points. Uh, 31 to 9 being the final score in Tampa Bay, where 20,000 people attended, but there were 30,000 cutouts that fooled absolutely everybody in the world. And that was definitely, I don't care if those are cardboards or not. That's way, That's not enough social distancing. Those cardboard boxes are carrying something. That Florida's about to spike. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. It fooled absolutely everybody watching it who knew what was happening and everybody who didn't. If you've seen some of the videos that have come out afterwards condemning the the NFL for that for that full quote unquote full stadium, they will. Um, yeah, you know, and, and and then one of the funnier stories to happen out of there: a guy bet fifty thousand dollars that there'd be a streaker, set his buddy out to get arrested first, just so he could win the three hundred seventy-five thousand dollar payout for the a streaker actually happening on a prop bet. So congratulations to him for leaving, leaving the Tampa Bay with $373,000. If that's real, that's smart thinking on his part, but that's probably some illegal ish. So good luck dealing with that smoke. That's probably coming around your way. So have fun with that guy. Yeah. Can there be insider trading on betting? Is that a thing? Because I feel like that's insider trading. It's insider <laughs> something. It's get, getting this money back real quick from the, for the sports books. They'll find a way. Exactly. Well, so we already had our, our, our immediate recap the other day. If you guys missed that, that is sitting on YouTube, our YouTube page right now. Um, we got a little flabbergasted, heated, some people might say, yeah. um, towards the towards the poor performance from the Chiefs. Um, but, what, you know, it's been a couple of days, obviously, now. So, DJ, what if, you know, looking back at it, what is something, what are some things that you've seen now looking back at it that you're just still kind of like, what the heck? 
That's honestly the best way to summarize it is what the heck is what, what the thing that catches my eye is. So we already knew the two tackles, Eric Fisher and Schwartz were out. We knew that coming in the entire, that was well known. That was kind of the reason I think a lot of the spread was so close. What I don't think we fully, I, at least I didn't fully grasp or it didn't, I guess I just read it. And it didn't stick. They didn't bring in backup tackles. They shuffled the entire offensive line. They moved their right guard to left tackle, their left guard to right tackle, their center to go. They moved everybody. Like they played complete musical chairs. It made absolutely no sense. It's like asking a right-handed golf swinger to just suddenly switch left-handed while going against Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and not Charles Barkley. Like it doesn't make any sense why you would do why you would do that. Especially, I know you have the two weeks to practice, but that should mean. You get backups at your tackles. You keep your interior strong. That is where they've been all season. That is, they know their job. You don't, I'll use the Colts, for example. They lost their left tackle down the stretch. They didn't immediately just kick Anthony. They didn't kick Quentin Nelson out there besides for a couple plays, really. They brought in a backup that way. Otherwise, you're losing an all-pro guard, and you're basically getting weaker at two spots. Keep your strong spots where they're strong and just chip where you have to. Like, And then at the same time, I don't remember seeing anybody chip for ish. Like, I don't even know if anyone... I know Travis Kelsey occasionally might have put a hand on the DN when he's lined up at tight end, which is 50 50 because he's a thick receiver, basically, is how they use him, motioning him out, which is how he's deadly. I mean, you get him on the linebackers and moving, but there's no chipping. I don't, we didn't see Le'Veon Bell at all. I still stand by that. Like, why'd you bring him in? He's one of the best chip and go running backs we've seen recently. I mean, he's 225, 230. He's a thick boy. He can put, he can put a quick shoulder in Jason Pierre Paul or Shaq Barrett on his way out. It's not like the Bucks were blitzing. You're really creative and exotic. What they did is said, Levante David and Devin White, you're fast as ish. You two sit in the middle. Everybody else don't get beat over the top. And uh, yeah, the rest of you guys, you can just, who gets the patty first? Like they've had some weird, stupid next-gen stat. If he ran for 497 yards behind the line trying to evade sacks, a lot of that's his fault for trying to spin backwards for 50 yards at a time because the downside of being athletic is you're used to getting away from the rush. But it's different when you're going, when they're getting in that quickly and you're, basically taken off immediately so some of that was self-induced but at the same time this could have been avoided if you just replaced those tackles with tackles instead of trying to get cute and smart and think this is madden where you could just cycle the death chart and everything will still be 90 overalls it's not quite how it works and i think that's what really cost them is not only losing the injuries on the offensive line but their mismanagement of handling and the game planning by the enemy and eric reed they didn't do any favors there was they tried to throw screens early and tampa bay swarmed that then they gave up no quick like quick hitter passes. No run. No use of double running backs. One out of the backfields. No chips really that I noticed. They seem like they didn't adjust very well to their limitations, and they hindered themselves even more by basically putting all five guys in a weird spot, as opposed to just two guys in their spot, but probably aren't quite as good as their predecessors. Yeah, I mean, I saw one of the guys they brought in was Mike Remmers, a veteran player, but you know, not exactly somebody you'd want working in a shuffled offensive line any going forward in your team that was kind of a, a terrible decision if you will and uh it, to your point on chipping the only time i remember seeing a running back attempt to chip um other than clyde edwards hilaire whenever he would actually be on the field was damien williams being told hey you need to chip that guy and then running to the opposite end of the line to block nobody and then turning to get into a pass possession so i don't know what happened um or sorry daryl williams not damien but yeah there was a his poor performance from from the from the Chiefs definitely, and you know you talk about not doing any favors. Well, one of the biggest favors you could have done for your 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 quarterback to not get blitzed all the time, run the ball. And you mentioned Le'Veon Bell not getting going going into play. Talk about a guy that can get easily three yards, and then also be a guy that's three yards in a cloud of dust. And then you have Clyde Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who is one of the best running backs in the game this year, especially for a rookie. Didn't even really get used until the second quarter, and even then it was for a quarter and a half ended up with 60 plus yards and still had not an impact on the game because you used them too late. I mean, you talk about Patty running for 497 yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's insane. I mean, you look at how much you have to run in a game to begin with. There's some players that don't even reach that many yards on the field. Most linemen obviously don't. Most linebackers don't. I mean, you know, that's just, that's absolutely insane. To think about most wide receivers obviously will, especially if your name's Tyreek Hill. He'll he'll run up and down the field enough times to, to hit that four ninety seven. But there's a lot of lateral movement in there too, going from all the way left to all <laughs> the way right while juking everybody in between. And speaking of which, where was Tyreek Hill? He yeah. I barely saw him. It, he made like one cool play. I'm like, oh, he took that guy's ankle. So wait, he's gone. 
Yeah, and uh, also he had one of the touchdowns that hit him in the face mask that he dropped. I mean, don't be wrong, albeit tough catch, but it hit you in the face mask, my guy. You're an all- not, not as bad as the Williams one. I think the Williams one, that one, yeah. like that was that was probably the most egregious one, especially considering Patty threw that horizontally and just floated it up, and nobody played the ball, which was the weirdest looking play. Best pass I've ever seen fall incomplete in my life. I think 100%. I think that's the best pass I've ever seen fall incomplete. It might be the one that we actually remember it considering it was an incomplete pass. Like that's going to be the one that we always forget as an incomplete. We'll f- always remember Brett Favre's like underhand 40 yard throwaway while running to his right. I remember that one when he just threw the ball away underhand and it traveled 50 yards. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's what humans can't do. But Brett Favre can do. Exactly. Yeah. No, Patty. I mean, Patty, like I, I've mentioned in, in our immediate reaction, he was a baseball player. So he, he could be able to, his body's able to make throws like that because that's how you were trained in baseball. Like you have to make some weird throws like that. Um, but yeah, and, you know, one of the things in this game though, that, uh, that also bothered me is where was your mid range passing game? I mean, you had Travis Kelsey at the sticks and then nothing. Literally you had Travis Kelsey at the sticks and nothing going between him and Tyreek Hill deep. Everything else was just, it just non-existent. I mean, you, you have, you had absolutely nothing. Um, your check down routes were all behind the line of scrimmage, so you can't even get three to five yards after that. You, you're getting swarmed by Levante David, and you're getting swarmed by Devin White. You don't really have anywhere to go when you have four three and four five cells, you know, running at you after you catch the ball. And it's very late in the clock that even Patty even throws it to those guys to begin with, so they're already getting an advantage getting down to you. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was not a great performance from the Chiefs down the road. Uh, but I do want to ask you one thing because you did mention it. When we were, I think when we were off before we got on 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 air uh, in our immediate reaction in, in our immediate reaction video, uh, you mentioned it kind of makes you wonder about the Chiefs. Is this something that they were maybe a one hit, two hit, two year wonder, or is this something that they can come back from? Makes you wonder: Are they going to be like the Patriots, where they're kind of a dynasty, they're always right there for a long time, or are they going to be the Seahawks, where they look like they're set to go f- to run for a decade? Because I remember after the Seahawks win, they're like, "Oh, they're coming, they're here to stay." Everybody looked like this is the start of something, and then the next year, ironically enough, Tom Brady completely imploded, put an end to that. Him and Malcolm Butler. Yeah. Does this mean is this that for the Chiefs? Like, was is their window basically closed now? Was this the, or was this, oh, we got bored and we let it get to our heads because we're kind of all kids. And we talked about, oh, they're talking about being bored during the regular season. All they care about was beating the Raiders the second time, really, after the running around and honking through the stadium or whatever. Like, that's what I want to know is how do they bounce back from this? I think they're going to be fine. I don't know if, I think they'll be somewhere between the Seahawks and the Patriots. I don't think they're going to have a 20 year run of, oh my God, eight, eight Super Bowl appearances, six wins or nine Super Bowl appearances. Jeez, I undersold them being sarcastic. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be anything quite that ridiculous. I think that's a weird combination of the ultimate team manager in Bill Belichick. I won't say he's the best coach ever, but I, a lot he's of the, that's up for the coach for sure. Like he's up there, but he's probably the best at managing. He's the first great at managing the salary cap era, always keeping mm-hmm. the right players in the right system at the right time and making the most of what you have. And the arguably the greatest quarterback ever. We'll talk a little bit more about him in the second part of this podcast, but you have the greatest winning quarterback ever resume hands down. It's not even close. He's blown that one out of the water. I mean, yeah. Joe Montana is arguably second with his four and in the Super Bowl. Brady's more than doubled it. He's basically doubled his wins yeah. and more than doubled his appearance. He's almost, he's at 10 now. He's closer to quadrupling it than he is to doubling it. Yeah. He's, like that's I mean, he's won 70% of his, of his, his appearances in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, that's an like impressive his, feat. His Super Bowl winning percentage is good enough to basically get you to college. Like that's how insane it is. Yeah. And just yeah. his percentage of getting to the Super Bowl in his career, I think he's been to 10 in 20 years, if I'm not mistaken, was the number. Yeah. It's not quite enough to get you to college, but it could, it's pretty damn close to passing a class. I mean, that's an insane thing to think about in 10 years or 20 years. He's made 10 Super Bowls. And one of those years he was injured the whole year. So really it's like 10 and 19, which is even better than 50%. Like, yeah, I think he's at that, like 53, 55% or something like that in his seasons that he's played at least a majority of the season. To that is, you are more likely to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and Steph Curry as they hit a wide open three. Yeah, he have better odds than flipping a coin. I mean, really, right. like, that's that's how crazy that is. Like, you can't flip a coin at a high enough percentage to match how many times Tom Brady has been in the Super Bowl in the last two decades. It's it's insane. Kevin Durant's probably the most efficient scorer in the NBA. He shoots about 53% from the field, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that area. You're more likely to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and Kevin Durant to make any sort of shot. Yeah, exactly. But before we get to that, I do want to add also in, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you as far as 
Patty and this team goes. I do think of them. I kind of think of them like the uh, like the Colts with Peyton Manning. Um, it's kind of what I, I I think of them. They need to get over that big hurdle. But the difference is, thankfully for Patty, he doesn't have that big hurdle in the same conference as him right now. I and mean, he got over the hurdle early at getting that Super Bowl last year. There's always the monkey on their back. They got the monkey off real quickly, so now it's just a bunch of little monkeyettes. Yeah, and exactly, and it's something, and it's something you mentioned. They are young guys. I mean, most of the, the average age of this team, except for Travis Kelsey, you're looking at most of them are about 26, 27 years old. So the most of them are in their prime. I mean, Travis Kelsey obviously a little older. He's plus thirty now, but you're still looking at guys that will be playing for the next three to five years for sure. And if they can keep them all on the same team, I mean, there's no reason to, to assume that they do not continue to progress. I mean, you, you talk about free agency playing a factor as well, that salary cap management from Bill Belichick. We're about to learn how good Kansas City's salary management is going to be in the next two to three years because you start getting some of these non-rookie contracts hitting the books, these you know extra deals they've been added on, these extensions. Somebody by the name of Patty Mahomes and his you know, decade-long contract will be hitting the books in the next five years, and that'll be that'll be something to start thinking about. Tyreek Hill's extension, um, Travis Kelsey's extension. You know, these guys are, are going to come into play. How do you ke- how do you keep your ancillary parts like Nicole Hardman, you know, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy? Obviously not Sammy Watkins. He's probably going to walk in free agency, but some of those guys in on defensive end. How do you keep keep them on the books as well? I mean, how do you get better on defensive end? Which How I do think you get is better on that step. offensive line so you don't have to go through this again? I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I think their next step really is that fixing that defense a little bit more. Obviously, getting some linebackers in there that can perform, Move. not just sustain. Um, I feel like their linebackers this year just were out there to sustain and and bend but don't break. Um, we saw them in the in the Super Bowl, you know, with a couple really good goal line stands, uh, but they're not those type of guys regularly. They're not the guys that will go out and completely shut down a team from the linebacker position. They don't have that capabilities yet. Um, but with that said, I think, I think you're exactly right. Cause that offensive line does need some help. Um, and you, you know, one of those guys is actually uh, DuVernay who actually opted out this year and is out here fighting COVID as a doctor, um, you know, as an MD in Canada. So, you know, he's a Canadian citizen out here and he's, he, he opted out to go and go and help fight COVID on the front lines. And, and deal with all of that. So he'll be back once things get a little more normal. Um, whenever whenever that day comes, whenever we have a normal to come back to. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, hopefully there is a normal to come back to. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, th- I definitely don't think this is the end of the, the Chiefs for sure. But it's interesting to see that they'll be, see what they do coming back next year. I do think for, uh, the one thing about Patty is he's a competitor. So I mean, I think this might be the fire under his ass, if you will. Just like we saw last season when he went, when they, you know, got to the Super Bowl and they won it. I think that was that, you know, the year before they'd gotten shut down uh, by Tom Brady, ironically. <laughs> and, and they came back and won a Super Bowl. And they, you felt the year before they won the Super Bowl, they were even better than this year, this last year. And so it's just, you know, it's kind of the same thing. They got even better this year. And again, Tom Brady is the guy to slow him down. And, you know, we'll see next year. Maybe they meet Tom Brady again in the Super Bowl. But what do you think? Obviously, these teams will change in the offseason. But do you think we see a rematch next year? Or do you think one of these teams falters? Because Tom, for all intents and purposes, has said that he continues to keep playing. Oh, they've the Buccaneers have already said, oh, we're coming back. So they're they're planning all on coming back. They're trying to run it back. Kansas City, you know they want to get back to. I don't know, considering there's still an entire offseason to go. There are so many different things that could change. I mean, there, we talked about, like, there's 14 quarterbacks potentially moving. There's, like, 50 receivers potentially on the move. There's a draft coming up. We have no idea. I mean, look at the playoff teams that could have just quarterback changes on top of it alone. I mean, yeah. there's a lot that could change. We saw a good Buffalo got by adding Stephon Diggs. Maybe another team does something like that and is able to get in the way. Tampa Bay didn't look its best last year, but they got hot at the right time, and the defense kicked it in the high gear. And everybody on the offense started clicking. Godwin and Antonio Brown are free agents. Do they bring back both of them? How does that? I know Mike Evans has said he will restructure his contract to help keep them, but there's only so much you can do. I mean, within reason, if someone they can restructure and offer Godwin 15 a year, hypothetically, or let's say 12 a year, but then let's say a team like Buffalo somehow can offer him 15, it's gonna be hard for him to turn out 15 at the same time. Like, yeah. got to get paid somehow. So, yeah, and, and you know, Godwin doesn't plan on being a third a third option all, all the rest of his career either. I mean, you got to imagine he's looking at 
hey, I've, I've had two fantastic years in a row. Obviously, this year, not as much, but that's more to do with my quarterback not throwing and beyond they, 10 yards. I'd say probably the injuries, too. It's not, yeah. He had a lot of injuries this year that didn't help. But. but, yeah, I mean, and with that said, I mean, yeah, he, he's definitely definitely dealt with the injuries, but he looked good in the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, he didn't catch a touchdown, but Antonio Brown is a guy that did you didn't mention. Sammy Watkins, another guy on the other side that is, that'll likely be walking. Um, so these teams will definitely definitely change in the next six months before we get more NFL. But I am intrigued to see. But I'm kind of with you. I don't see them being – I see one of them faltering. Um, and to me, I think it's actually the Bucks that will falter uh, just, just based off of the NFC and how strong they are. I mean, you look at that NFC West alone and with Matt Stafford – Going into the NFC West, I think somebody out of that NFC West might actually be the the team to to come out and, and kind of punch Tampa in the face if, if they meet in the in in the uh, playoffs next year. Let's not forget the AFC had a ten win team not make the playoffs too. Let's not forget that the AFC is no cakewalk by any means. Oh no, not calling it a cakewalk. I just think I think this Chiefs Chiefs team will be a little too motivated for its own good. If you if if that makes sense, I think. I think stopping them next year, you thought it was hard this year. I think stopping them next year might be even more difficult. Uh, depending on what they do in free agency, obviously. I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm, reaching right now. This is a far too early pick for Kelsey. But... It's far too early to discuss. I didn't expect you to bring it up. So I'm like, oh, geez. Um, yeah, okay. So knowing that half these teams are going to have different quarterbacks, let's see if I can adjust because who knows who's going to get Deshaun Watson if he's going to move. That could flip things yeah. on his head real quick. But there's exactly. Russell Wilson talk. Possibly Russell Wilson maybe being – unhappy with seattle's i will say seattle says they're not listening but where there's smoke there's probably fire and something smells a little funky up in the pacific northwest right now so maybe well, teams are looking be, for a quarterback that, that just uh, might be a fish that fish market up there in seattle but you know hey i get i get your point it might be smoked salmon or it might be a little bit of fire brewing in CenturyLink. who knows all i know is there's a if there's a chance russell's gonna be on the move that's gonna flip the nfc west on its head and wherever russell goes because it sounds like he wants to go to a team that can protect him or quote unquote is what the words are a team that could send him to a team with a good offensive line we'll see how good russell is who knows like there's a lot that can there's too much to happen in the offseason for me to give you a even a relatively half-hearted pick at this point what yeah, I will say is it's very un- there's a it's hard enough to get back to the Super Bowl after winning or losing. It's hard enough for both teams to do it, let alone just one of them. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, this is definitely a uh, it was a it was more of a projection hmm. conversation than it was a going a, into next year. You look at Tampa Bay's roster if it stays intact. That's the most talented roster in the league, as we kind of said going into the game. It just top to bottom, there's way too much talent. I mean, Antonio Brown, as I've said, a th- less than a thousand days ago, was the best receiver in football and is a top five six seven receiver all time statistically yeah. speaking do you get if you ignore all of his t- antonio brown isms and he's their third receiver who didn't even start the game he didn't even play the first quarter they reluctantly put him in and he scored a touchdown Heck, you, you could tell they were trying everything receiver. in their power not to play him really you could call him their fourth receiver because he was behind scotty and godwin at that point oh i'm just i meant down the stretch he played more yeah. snaps than i think than but, scotty miller did but yeah yeah definitely i mean and now i do want to mention one player before we go to break and that is that is Jason Pierre-Paul and his impressive run. I mean, really, it's a very impressive run in the playoffs. Absolutely undefeated in the playoffs. I say he's 7-0 and in the playoffs, and he's never lost a playoff game in his career, so that's pretty dope, honestly. In fact, yeah. he might be 8-0 actually now. Yeah, the Super Bowl makes yeah. him 8-0. So. Two Super Bowls, 8-0 in the, in the playoffs. I know we don't talk about Jason Pierre-Paul often, but I mean, we talk about just like player careers in, in the playoffs. Does this... Does it mean anything or is it just sort of happenstance that he's there? He's been impactful in both of them. So that is good. That is something you like to hear too. Like when he, when the, when the money is on the table, he has showed up in one way or another. He was, even if he doesn't have the giant sack numbers, like I don't know what his sack numbers are in the postseason since he, in his two times, but he's always made, I always see him all over the place. I mean, in that second suit in that Super Bowl when he was with the giants, he was all over Tom Brady and this one, he was chasing Patrick everywhere. Him and Shaq Barrett both like, if he ran away from Shaq, Jason Pierre-Paul's seven fingers are right there. Jason Pierre-Paul is chasing him. He's running him right into Shaq Barrett when Patty's trying to maneuver his way into the backfield and running for those 497 yards behind the line, which, like I said, some self-induced when you're trying to outrun those guys behind the line because you're used to being the ultimate athlete and being able to get away from people, being the baseball player and throw off bounds. But when you're taking off early, you're, they're getting a head start on you. And at the same time, as we learned, he had that turf toe injury, which he sounds like he's getting surgery for. So I hindered his mobility a little bit. I didn't look like it much. Yeah, I mean, I mean 497 yards behind the line of scrimmage might do. So that like, way. take it with a grain of obviously take it with a grain of salt. I'm no way gonna give that as an excuse of why they lost. Anyone with a brain knows that's not why they lost. Yeah. But it, 
I don't, I, he's, he's a heck of a defensive end. And we forget about no Dom can sue in the middle too. Part of that run defense. When Vita Vea wasn't there, you have no Dom can sue basically plugging the middle saying, all right, I will step on your head or your arm. If you try and get, if you try and block me, Yeah, that's a force in the middle to be reckoned with. And Vita Vea coming back. That front seven is the best in football. I mean, we kind of talked about it leading into the season when we were talking about our predictions, like on paper and stuff, they hadn't always performed that way throughout the season. I think a lot of that was gelling. Just you can't be perfect all the time. And I think what we saw in the playoff run is the culmination of all that talent clicking at the same time. Yeah, definitely. You do mention Ndamukong Sue. Uh, this is, you know, obviously one of those guys who's been much aligned in his career. Um, uh, touted as one of the best defensive tackles to come out of college out of Nebraska. And, well, let's just say uh, attitude issues may have played a part in him not performing as well as, as most people expected. But where does this it's, put – I mean, this is his first title. Uh, it, you know, he, it, does this help his his career legacy or does it – is it, again, just one of those things that he just happened to pick up being at the right place, right time? Well, I think us who watch him play will always remember him. He'll be a guy that we talk about for a while, but he's never going to be like that Hall of Fame guy that lives in infamy, I don't think. He's going to be one that we watch like that was a dirty, dirty man who got a Super Bowl late in his career, but he's not going to have the Warren Sapp or the – John Randall or anything like that. I don't He'll think he's going to go. Tony Saragusa that we remember, and not the basically, yeah, like or like <laughs> the Casey Hamptons. If we want to go real interesting yeah. with the Steelers, the ultimate plug in the middle, Chris Jenkins with the Panthers, guys like that. When you watch them, they stick around. They're perennial Pro Bowl type players, but they're not necessarily Hall of Fame like stick it forever type guys. If that makes sense, we remember seeing him almost win a Heisman as a defensive tackle. That's what we yeah. remember him for. Then coming to the NFL and being an absolute force early in his career, and whittling a little bit down the stretch, but. He's never been a bad player by any means. That's what's interesting is he hasn't been a dominant force, but he had recently, but God, as part of just playing his role in the Tampa Bay defense, honestly, you almost forget he's on the defense because there's not as many shenanigans until he makes a play. It's like, oh yeah, that's the former argue. That was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald, arguably. That was arguably JJ Watt before JJ Watt. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, we talk about Aaron Donald and JJ Watt. I think a lot of their legacy can be built off of the legacy that was sort of left by Indomitian Sioux middle midway through his career once those back injuries started piling up after we talked about that Thanksgiving game against Green Bay Thanksgiving game against Green Bay where he stepped on a guy you know and that's since then and it, it seemed to sort of dwindle dwindle downhill after that for quote-unquote attitude issues is what you know but yeah it's good to see him get a title I mean really yeah because we, we will remember him for, for the next couple of years and, and next couple of decades as we talk about football and football in our day and how it was different. You know, just like everybody who talk, who's like 50 and older talks about how football in their day was different. Um, but he'll be our guy. But guys, we'll be back uh, shortly. We are going to take a quick break. You're going to hear from Fanatics and Fubo TV, And then when we get back, we will discuss the man, myth, the myth, the legend, the guy from Michigan that got drafted in the sixth round that will not let any man, woman, or child forget it. Uh, Tom Brady, and when we get back, we'll talk about his legacy. So we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast but it helps support the entire onion sports network check the link in our bio or go to onionsn.com i'll be having dj in the high low sports podcast see ya what's up everybody it's kelsey from the high low sports podcast and we recently partnered with fubo tv what is fubo tv fubo tv is a service to broadcast live tv over the internet no cable required Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100-plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven-day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And welcome back, guys. Obviously, you just heard from our network partners in FuboTV and Fanatics.com. Also, if you guys don't know, we are also partnered with Dr. Squatch Soap Company. If you didn't see their commercial during the Super Bowl, what are you doing with your life? Obviously, they had one of the cool, you know, more interesting commercials. There weren't that many great ones. Obviously, Alexa was one of them, and all the uh, ladies loved Michael B. Jordan. Um, but, you know, to get the ladies to love you for everybody else who's normal, order some Dr. Squatch. If you don't believe me, watch their commercials, look at their ingredient list, 
It's a cold pressed soap. It helps you smell good. It helps. It gives you a different lather than you normally would. It gets all that dirt and grime and stuff that just happens to get in those nook and crannies of your body and your hair. You know, get that cleaned off. Help help smell good. And they're all really good flavors or well scents, if you will. So definitely check that out. And the other one, Craft Beer Club. If you guys don't know about the original Craft Beer Club, it is like Bark Box, but for adults. And boy, howdy, do I love it. Uh, it brings craft beers directly to your door every month. That way you can try all sorts of different types of beers, IPAs, lagers, you name it. They give, they, they, they'll send it to you to try. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. Give it a shot. Link is in our bio in the link tree. And of course, not all of us can look like Michael B. Jordan, as you mentioned. So the best way to make up some ground is by using the Dr. Squash soap to smell better. And if you're not willing to do that, well, get some craft beer to basically drown out some of the pain. So, I mean, both of these have something for you, no matter which way you look at it. Let your lady drink until you look like Michael B. Jordan. So you're gonna you're gonna need a full box for that. So I'm gonna need a couple boxes. Anyways, <laughs> moving forward, obviously Valentine's Day is coming up, and we know where Kelsey's spending it, and that's with a box of craft beer. Anyways, so <laughs> guys, the man, the myth, the legend. You know, like we said, the guy drafted in the sixth round, coming off yet another Super Bowl MVP performance, throwing over eighty percent accuracy in the game, twenty-one of twenty-nine. Absolutely outstanding performance. I mean, any quarterback would be jealous of that type of stat for just one game. He just happens to do it in the Super Bowl to go along with three touchdowns, 200 yards passing. Wasn't the biggest game from Tom Brady in his career, but definitely the most efficient game I think he's ever played in the Super Bowl. Didn't throw any picks, had a couple that should have been close, but you know, this is just a fantastic game. And this is just a microcosm of how good Tom Brady has been in his career. So DJ, we talked about it earlier. Seven out of ten, seven championship rings for this guy. Not really many people ever expected this of him. Where does Tom Brady go in the record books following this performance? Well, I feel like he's the undisputed goat of NFL quarterbacking. I mean, I think it's pretty hard to argue at that point when you have been to more. You have been to more Super Bowls than any other player. You have won more Super Bowls than any franchise by yourself. You have doubled, arguably, the next closest quarterback in Joe Montana's more than doubled his appearances. You almost tripled him. Just everything, quantitatively speaking, points Tom Brady is the best. We could talk eye tests, and then you can make arguments otherwise. Like, oh, well, he did it so... Because he was a master of efficiency. He's nothing about him that wows you necessarily, but he's the king of results. And despite contrary belief, people actually think I hate Tom Brady. I don't hate Tom Brady at all. He is fantastic. I know a lot of... That the only the thing that sucks about it is he's become polarizing like LeBron. Either you love him and you swing off of his nuts, or you're a hater. There's no in between. You can't say one negative thing about him without being a hater. Same with LeBron. And if you say anything positive, it's basically not enough. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. So I honestly think Tom Brady was the goat. I thought he was coming into this game because even if you look at the last Super Bowl against the Rams, where this won 13 to three, and he didn't play that great. It kind of is canceled up as one against the Eagles where he dropped 500 yards and they lost, where he made one bad play where he fumbled when Brandon Graham assaulted him, and that then they lost for that one. So, I mean, they kind of balance out. He's never had a collapse of a game, I guess, if that makes sense in the Super Bowl either. His worst one was a, that... Uh, 24 to 3, if you will. Was that? You never had a 24 to 3 game, if you will. Never a 28 to 3 butt whooping or anything like that that yeah. standed. And he did have, like, against the Giants the first time when he laughed when they said you're only going to score 13... Score 17 points, and then he only scored 14. I guess that's the closest you could think of, <laughs> which he threw the game-winning touchdown with three minutes left to go in the game to Randy Moss. So, I mean, that's your lowest point. That's, oh shucks, I guess. Yeah, oh, no, your, how sad. Your second one, you had Wes Welker up the seam, and you threw a little too high back shoulder on him, so he wasn't able to corral it, which is a ridiculously hard catch, which 50-50 on that one. Brady's got to put a better ball on his five foot four receiver. Wes Welker, if your hands do touch it, technically you do got to catch it as ridiculously hard of a catch as that is. Six in one end, half a dozen in the other. And then, like we just mentioned, the Eagles on the Ramskin. So I think he is the GOAT. I think every quantitative way you could look at it, he is. And I think the only other comparison, honestly, in my just from the eye test, in my opinion, would be Peyton Manning. Because when I look at the eye test, I think they are the two best that I've seen with my eyes just watching play the position as far as command, control, game management, making plays, carrying different franchises. And the one thing Peyton Manning had over him that – I put a lot of weight in. Is he won a different, not only won a Super Bowl with it, he won Super Bowl, but he won another one with a different team altogether. He took four different head coaches to the Super Bowl, 
four different offensive coordinators, four different number one receivers. Brady just kind of accomplished that too. He just got, he has checked that one off his list as far as he now has another head coach. He's taken to a Super Bowl and a whole nother team. So I think this was the biggest one that kind of eliminates any potential doubt, even though I've had him as the GOAT since the 28 to three comeback. Personally, the Super Bowl over the Rams was just like gravy on top. And then this was I like cake on top of gravy on top of mashed potatoes on top of sweet potatoes. Like this is a big ass meal we're talking about right now that he just keeps piling on. Yeah. And obviously we could talk about eye tests. Now there's nothing fantastic about him. How Joe Montana is a better Joe Montana is more accurate. Peyton Manning was more accurate. Drew Brees with Aaron Rodgers is a better throw of the football. John Elway is like, we can go on and on and on about this because there's nothing special about Tom Brady except what, except what he gets done, except the results really. And that you don't play this game to look the best in short. You play this game to win, and no one does it better than him. Before we get it, before I let you go, I'm, t- I'm going to jump on that. I'm gonna re- Everyone thinks I hate Tom Brady because I'm a big paid Manning guy. I don't actually hate Tom Brady. I actually like him a lot. I've had a lot. I've had some people because I say, if I say anything that's not Tom Brady's the greatest thing of all time, or that he didn't find he didn't found Earth and create space time in the universe, I look I sound like a hater. When I, do you remember the old NCAA games where you could create like your Heisman Trophy player and that sort of? Oh, yeah. I actually built mine after Tom Brady. I got at the same two bar face masks, the number twelve, the Under Armour black and white glove, even though it didn't have Under Armour, so I had to use Nike. But the same thing, the wristband that he used to wear with the Patriots, I built him after Tom Brady because I always liked him. People think I hate him, but I, I think he's dope. I really like him. It's a real, it's fun to watch him play, and his results are absolutely insane. So. Fun Tom Brady fact of the day for everyone, because I've seen different messages from us and stuff like that saying, hey, you hate Tom Brady. Don't yeah. hate him at all. I I hate what I hate is he wins all the time because football is the ultimate parody sport. And he kind of stuck a dagger in that the last handful of years like that compared to like basketball, NBA and that sort of thing to have series that kind of eliminate parody. Football is the one you could count on parody. And well, he put an end to that. So thanks, Tom. But in my opinion, he's he's the man, the myth, the legend, the Tom. Yeah, no, look, yeah, I, I'm 100% behind you with looking at these quantitative stats for him. I mean, you talk about second in passing yards in his career, currently, still playing. Number one in passing touchdowns in his career. Number two in passes completed in his career. Number one in attempts in his career. Number seven in passer rating in his career. In a 20-year career, the only people ahead of him are all still active, and he's tied with Dak as the other guy. These are all guys that have all been are still are still active in their in their team in their teams and still playing their careers, and he's going to likely finish ahead of them because they're going to continue to drop while he continues to 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 be good and to be efficient. I mean, I've said my fair share of some people might say hater things about Tom Brady, but that is because people tell me he is a game-changing player when in reality what he is is a is smart intelligent game manager one of the best winners to ever play the game absolutely hands down the greatest winner to i think ever come out of any generation of football i mean it, all he used to do at michigan was win and they still tried to replace him with chad henney of all people chad henney chad, like, what what are you doing and he still comes in and and, and does better than him and it's, you know, it's it's ridiculous to think this guy was, or sorry, it was not Chad Henney, it was what, Drew Person? Pearson? Who was the backup? I can't remember who they who they brought in at the time, but some Michigan guy that they tried to replace him with. Anyways, he still comes in and wins their bowl game and then just gets drafted in the sixth round. Nobody thinks anything of him. Because of an injury to the starting quarterback, he comes in and doesn't do anything fancy the first year, but then the next year, or two years, within two years, they're in the Super Bowl winning their first of seven championships. I mean, the guy is just outstanding in the way he plays the game. He's one of the best football IQs to ever play. But I still have to say, I think he is the greatest winner and, you know, the greatest player to ever play. But I have a hard time when people say it is not even close. And it's because there isn't anything special about Tom Brady that I say that there. that's why I have a problem with there isn't anything close. Well, before you get too deep into that, it was Drew Henson, by the way. Drew Henson, sorry. Before we dive into this wormhole, I wanted to get that out there. It's Drew Henson, everyone. We just remember Chad Henney's gloriousness from a few weeks ago, just casually running for 15 yards. It's hard to forget. Jumped in my brain. And then Drew Pearson, I don't even – I think that was a Michigan State quarterback at some point in time. And even that would probably get me shot in Michigan. So I'm not not going to Michigan anytime soon. (laughs) But 
But no, look, I, I I respect Tom Brady for all the things that he did in his career. He's done in his career to this point, and continues to do, and and what he's done to change the position. Because let's be honest, if it wasn't for Tom Brady, I don't think we see a, the development of a slot receiver in the game like what we have. I mean, literally, that's a position that that team really created. We don't see the development of the vertical tight end as much. I mean, before this was Tony Gonzalez was the closest thing to a vertical tight end. And Shannon Sharp, I guess he was probably Sharp, the first, they were first receiver between. tight end. They were few and far between. They were they were very much a anomaly, if you will. I mean, a lot of them were block first and then go out and not. Patriots made it cool to basically have two, multiple vertical tight ends. They they made it really cool, not just like a not a random thing you could find in the rust. They made it almost mandatory. Exactly, and they put an emphasis offensively on having hands as a receiver. One of the most interesting things I think I saw about looking through all of Tom Brady's stats is the worst season he had throwing the ball with drops. Had 27 drops in the season. 27 drops is insane to think about. Split amongst four or five receivers plus tight ends. That's less than three per, per player. I mean, you have, you have some number one and number twos that combine for that many drops in a season. And that's been his worst season statistically. So it's just like, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't take anything away from the guy. I, you know, as much as many people, like you say, we get messages constantly saying you hate Tom Brady, you hate Tom Brady. It's a lot like Kobe Bryant is. I, I respect the hell out of what he's done. Do I like him personally? No, I don't know the guy. Do I like what he's done on the field? Eh, I think it's great for if you're a pa- Patriots fan. I think it's great for a developing quarterback to follow the what he does on the field. Absolutely. Do I enjoy watching it? No, because it's all nickel and diming, and that's not fun to watch. I do not enjoy watching nickel and dimes up and down the field. That's just not fun for me. But that's personal choice. That's that's the only reason I don't enjoy watching him. But I do think there's this whole conversation that needs to be had that you can be the greatest athlete or greatest winner to ever play the game of football, but not the greatest position player at your position. I do think this conversation needs to be had because when I look at it, you he is not the best ever quarterback to play the game. He's the best ever winner. Statistically speaking, yeah, he has a lot of stats on his side. But he gets these stats in ways that no other quarterback has been able to get him. He's never... You talked about Bill Belichick earlier being the best team manager in the salary cap era. No other player in the top 10 has had that luxury of having some certain coach be able to control the team in a way that Bill Belichick did. Bill Belichick did exactly the right things and getting the exact right personnel at all times around Tom Brady. Whether they were big names or not, it doesn't matter. You don't need a superstar receiver to still put up 4,500 yards. And Tom has shown that, and the, the, the Patriots have shown that. But what it does make me say, I will say this, I do not think the system was the Patriots system. I think the system was the Tom Brady system, and everything fit into that. I think Bill Belichick, 100%, there's a lot more collaboration that happened between Bill and Tom than anybody ever thought. I think that is for sure. I think he might have, Tom might have actually been the offensive coordinator under wraps the entire time. I do think that Tom was probably, if anything, it, was, it wasn't 50-50, it was probably more 60-40 Tom. I think just his ability to just mask so many offensive deficiencies and let them focus on defense and build around. And the one thing they did, which underratedly too with the Patriots and he and obviously Tom Brady just showed he could do it even without it they built around what they had which we talked about the Chiefs they didn't adjust when they had the offensive line injuries Brady and the Patriots they never had an issue with offensive line they were always pretty much set like even if they weren't the greatest offensive line the way they built the game plan the way they chipped Gronkowski chipping people running backs flaring out and Tom Brady could recognize anything you stick at him so he'll figure it out quickly too which is the perks of him not being mobile is he's like, okay, I'm not getting away from anybody. So I'm going to figure out how to get this ball out of my hands quickly because I know those two tackles are going to get toasted. And when he had the tackles like the Matt Lights and then the tech guards like Logan Mankins, Nate Solder, who he made get paid, like a lot of linemen have looked damn good with Tom Brady, partially because of him, partially because of the way the system's built. They do the opposite of what the Chiefs did, basically. Where the Chiefs tried to get cute, the Patriots like, we got this, we, got, we know exactly what we're doing, we're ready for it. And that's too bad. That's too Brady's benefit as well as partially because of him. Cause he was like, okay, this ball's getting out of my hands. You don't see him hold the When he's with the Patriots, he did not hold that ball at all. He held it a little more this year. Cause it was more of a bombs away type offense. 
And as the offensive line jailed Tristan Wurst, my God, what a rookie season for that young man. Giving up one sack and it's against Khalil Mack. Like that's almost meant most people give up more than that per play to Khalil Mack, let alone for an entire season to give up one sack. So I think the one thing he's always had is protection and a way to, like you said, if he's the offensive coordinator, he is basically game planned around keeping himself safe and protected, whether it's his decision-making and his ability to identify everything. He could look at the, he could look at the defensive back. All right. I know what the hot dog guys, but he's about to pour mustard on that hot dog. Basically he has a, he could, he has, he's fully aware of everything and, he sees the field in ways only Peyton Manning really that I could think of could see the entire field. That's where I see. That's where I compare those two basically is their ability to basically know everything. Yeah. And, and the one thing that I, I have to include Peyton in this conversation with is has a quarterback ever done as much as he did with as little as he had. I mean, we talk about Tom Brady didn't have a lot of weapons. I think that had more to do with his system weapons, not wanting to be in that system because you look at, Mike Evans, you look at Chris Godwin, you look at Antonio Brown, career low numbers for the most part. Obviously, touchdowns were were up for Mike Tom or for Mike Evans, but for the most receiving yards, pretty low. I mean, Scotty Miller had a career year. He's the only. Well, one. I mean, he's a young kid, so yeah. Yeah, but like, but you know, the 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 other three obviously didn't get numbers that they're used to, and you talk about Mike Evans and AB being you know, former best receivers in the league. And you still say Mike Evans is potential best receiver in the league, even though he didn't have the stats. And you just kind of like, maybe something had, maybe the reason he didn't have weapons in his career is because no weapons wanted to go there because of the way the offense is. And obviously that is just something that is a perception thing because in reality, when it happened, when Randy Moss came to the Patriots, he showed he could use the weapon at it, you know, at its peak. Well, I mean, they didn't just set the set a record for most touchdowns between two players willy-nilly. They they earned that record at the time. And so it was, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's one of those things that maybe perception of that franchise limited the number of weapons he was able to get one, during his time in Patriots. And we will say he did – it wasn't that he had no weapons. He had unconventional weapons, too. Like, yeah. they mastered the slot receivers with Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, Julie Edelman, the vertical tight ends with Gronk and Hernandez, and then Brandon Martellus Bennett for a year, too. Like, obviously, I'm not – this sounds like I'm taking away from Tom Brady. I just – there is no taking away from him. I think the perception's a little misguided, but he's done everything. He is the man, in my opinion. He's still the GOAT. We have a little bit of time, so I'm going to have you quickly mention it. You said you don't know if he's going to be in your top – he's gonna be your top quarterback who do you have in competition with him and where do you think you have him ranked right now yeah I, I mean obviously my competition with him is Peyton and that's just because of what he was able to do in multiple different situations with different coaches with different players with much lower rated offensive lines and and wide receiving cores I mean obviously he had Marvin Harrison most of year or Reggie Wayne so he he did have that luxury but you talk about that defense for the Colts and he never had a defense like what the Patriots got to deal with, really. I mean, if you look at the Patriot Championship defenses, uh, Peyton never had that luxury either on the other side of the ball. So beating the Patriots was never really a conceivable option unless Peyton carried the team. And, you know, the few times they did, it was very much a Peyton Manning-led show. And uh, that's why, I, I mean, I look at them. I don't honestly think I can split the difference because I do think what they did, they did so well apart from each other. They, they're not they're not really fair to compare the two because equally speaking, if they were put on, if you flipped them positions, I think both still have fantastic careers. I do think Tom Brady is very much looked at like the Peyton Manning and Peyton is obviously looked at as Tom Brady right now, Tom, you know, with seven rings. I think if you flip flop them, I think it's just, you know, they're the same. They're so good at what they did. They would have adapted either position. So I can't put one ahead of the other. I do have to put them, a lot like I talk about the basketball situation, it's 1A, 1B in my eyes. I, I don't want to put one ahead of the other right now because I can't, because they it's it's I don't feel like it's fair to compare the two because they've had such different circumstances during the same era of play. I it's 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 really not fair to 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 be like, you know, Peyton, even though you played in a very rigid system where the only looseness was in your act in the actual offensive play calling, but the handling of the team was so strict and rigid for what they could and couldn't do because of contracts and salaries and issues like that. You know, they didn't have the luxury of what with Tom and Bill Belichick was able to do in literally building a team around what would make Tom successful. Like obviously the defense was first in Bill's mind. And then Tom, what do you need to be successful? 
well, I need a slot receiver that can that can get off the ball quickly. I need a wide receiver that has great hands, doesn't have to run fast. I need a guy that just gets open. That's that's all Tom needed. I need a tight end that can get up the field and extend the plays. And I think that's something that's completely different between the two. That if you flipped them, I think you'd have the same success from both guys, just you know, in different shoes. I just you know. I think those are the only two com- two people you can have this conversation about, though. I think bringing anybody in at this point in time, other than these two, is kind of an insult to the legacy of these two guys. Um, but I do think Tom, obviously, I, like I said, he's the biggest winner. I think he might be the best. I, I want to say I think. I mean, I know he is the winningest player in NFL history and the best winningest, like the best player at winning, period, possibly to ever play in any sport. I think he's the best winner. But I do think as a player in his position, there's a lot more to take into play than just winning. Like you actually have to be able to carry a team in a, in a, in a way that's, that's, you know, maybe not normal for you. And we saw Peyton being able to do that at all times. So I think, I think Peyton to me, is, you know, one B Tom Brady, one A, just because I'll, I'll give him that luxury of being on top of the list because you have so many extra championships, but yeah, I don't think, I don't, I think we have, We'd have the same thing if you flip flip the seats. It is funny to see how many people Tom Brady's outlasted too. I mean, he's yeah. basically lasted the entire 04 draft class we talk about all the time. He's lasted through Peyton Manning and his successor and his successor's successor so far. Since yeah. I mean, geez, it's Hell, and his successor's successor's successor. Because yeah, you, you can go on. Look Jimmy how many quarterbacks the Browns Kobe. have had during this time. Look how many the Jaguars have had. Like just going down the list. I mean, my goodness. And yeah, look how I many mean, other coaches have been through the league for these teams. He's it's it's we'll never see anything like this again i just don't think it's possible and i'm gonna have to start trying some of this tb12 diet i gotta i gotta get a little bit of the smoke i mean i it's working for him i gotta try maybe i can it might not get me a super bowl but maybe it'll get me something super i don't know i gotta try maybe i'll get some super super model wife to to go with me i mean look it's got to do something for your for your for your game if tom brady's pulling giselle bunchen I mean, we should, we should, we'll have to try something. I don't know if it's going to pull a supermodel <laughs> wife, but it definitely will have some benefits. I'm sure. No. Yeah. I, I look, look the, the fact of the matter is, this is a lot like our conversation about LeBron and MJ. I think the weird I, part is Tom Brady is LeBron and MJ. He has the longevity and the numbers yeah, at the same time. It's freakish. Like Tom, it's just, there's something I feel like just in the eye test that when this comes down to it, that just, it's something in the eye test that just doesn't sit right with with the way Tom plays quarterback and I think that's just the way I grew up knowing quarterbacks you know learning about quarterbacks and, and watching quarterbacks I think that's why is because he doesn't play quarterback like a quarterback plays quarterback he plays quarterback like a coach would play quarterback you know how coaches sit there and yell at you you take the open man you get the positive yards and only the positive yards that's all you get and and in reality that's how Tom has always played his game he, he literally got the the open player at all times, he didn't make a decision wrong. And I think that's, what's made him so successful. So definitely. And he's always, I think him and Peyton have done a lot of interesting revolutionary things. Like we talked about revolutionizing the vertical tight ends, Dallas Clark, Rob, Gronkowski, Hernandez, and they've made the running backs have always been useful with Roger Craig, Marshall Falk and all them. They took it to another level with James white, Joseph, Adai, what they were able to do with that. Like, Dominic Rhodes and them catching 10 pa- I think just a who caught 10 passes in the Super Bowl. Dominic Rhodes is the spellback. Like they man, they basically helped you revolutionize offense together the last 20 years. So yeah. It putting those two together and that is most people would probably agree if they don't have a too much of a rooting interest. There's other guys coming up. Aaron Rodgers is not far off that conversation, I don't think. I think his biggest thing is health as well, too, and getting over this hump of not being able to get past that one Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. Patty's 25 game. years old. We'll see what's coming out of that. A lot of young kids coming up, so we'll see. But it, Tom Brady's the man. I don't even know what else to say. It's, a, I don't even know what to say. Tom Brady's the man. Seven rings, seven for three. That's it. Can I, I wish I could do that in Madden consistently. Yeah, I know, right? I can't even build a Madden franchise that can do something. Like that. NCAA fourteen, I could build a dynasty that could do something similar. But I'd have seventeen, seven different quarterbacks winning the title for me because of injuries and everything. And that's just something else to be talked about. When you talk about the diet, dude, how does he stay so healthy? We've talked about maybe one season, 15 games out of the season that he missed because of an ACL tear and his interest of his career. I mean, what, maybe three games he's missed? I don't think he's missed any other games. I don't think he's actually, I don't think he's even sat out a game. Like, that's what's crazy. The dude's Cal Ripken of NFL, and NFL is a million times more physical than baseball. 
those offensive lines and his ability to get the ball out quick are second to none. And he's not a very big, like he's obviously a large human at six, four two twenty or whatever it is, but he's not a muscle bound one. He's very almost elastic. I guess that makes sense. Like when he gets hit, he just kind of rolls with it. Like how a fighter rolls with the punches. He's fat. (laughs) Well, he's not ripped. I mean, they, they showed this, they showed a picture of him with his shirt off a couple years ago and there's not a whole lot of striations on that body. So he's almost like when he gets hit, it's like when a fighter rolls with the punches, they, move their head to take some take some steam off it. It's like his whole body almost could do that when he gets hit by a D line and he's able to almost his whole body is able to roll with it. Yeah. And he, he doesn't take a lot of big hits too. If he sees it coming, he gets down pretty effectively too. One of the best quarterbacks about that, by the way. The so him and the man both like, Manning brothers actually are really good at that. So but that I mean that obviously I I don't know if we can say much more about Tom Brady without jumping on the Tom Brady toot train. Like but let's just clarify guys we don't hate Tom Brady I personally, Kelsey does not like the guy, but that's personal reasons. That's that's my own choice in quarterback, and that's the only reason. I don't I don't hate him by any means. I enjoy what he's done for the game, and I you know respect it. And DJ, I know, you know, you you definitely don't hate him. I like Tom Brady. I just said it a minute ago. I actually like him. What I don't like is how he wins all the time because I like parody in the NFL, but I don't hate him for that. I like Tom Brady a lot. I liked, I would like it better if everybody else got to eat a little bit because if I wanted to watch the same teams win all the time, I'd go watch the NBA and watch the Warriors and Cavs play six times in a damn decade. Yeah. But it, I don't know. I like Tom Brady, I guess. I, I just don't – I guess I don't love Tom Brady like some people do where I would basically die for him like a lot of other people skip A-list of the world seem to – yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't gonna. If you guys watched our NFL one. and Hinge show and watched him go six shades of Brady, uh, you'd understand what I mean by calling Jim out. But uh, like I said, I like Tom Brady. I just don't think he's the the father, the Holy Spirit, and the ghost or any of that. Like I don't have a damn Bible written for him. I just think he's great. That I just like him. That's yeah. all. I'm I'm a simple fan of his, not a super fan that has a Tom Brady tattoo across my entire pelvis. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I were coaching a a kid to be quarterback today in today's day and age. I'm putting on Tom Brady film from day one. Tom Brady and Alex Smith will run your life, kid. And that is exactly how you're going to learn how to play quarterback because that will be the most efficient quarterback that the world has ever seen. So that is, I mean, that's my two cents. That's how much I respect him. Is I think I would, if I had a son today that's the one to play quarterback, I'd put on Tom Brady highlights. And that would be how he'd learn about to play quarterback. So if that's, I think that's the biggest kudos I can give a player um, at this point in time. So... I'm not teaching them to throw like Patty because nobody wants to teach teach somebody how to throw like. Why don't you just teach them to play defensive tackle like Aaron Donald while you're at it? At that point, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If I'm teaching them to throw like Patty, might as well teach them to play like Aaron Donald. This would be absolutely insane. But guys, that does it for us today. Uh, obviously, a lot more could be happening on this topic. We could talk about this topic probably for a couple hours if we really, really wanted to, and get down in the nitty gritty of it. But we're gonna keep it short. We're gonna keep it light. Um, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments. Obviously, if uh, Tom Brady is your guy please don't go too many shades of tom brady in here we don't we need to keep it somewhat pg um i don't need to be calling mommyporn.com to get to get the comment removed but let us know what you guys think uh send us a message um where's tom brady ranking your all-time quarterbacks is he the greatest winner is he the greatest player to ever play is he the greatest quarterback maybe you have a different different test like the rest of us um but let us know other than that dj any final words if you're a Patriots fan, you don't get to relish in the Super Bowl like it was your victory. Let's just get that out of the way now. This was not your Super Bowl victory. You could be happy for your former GOAT, but that this is not your Super Bowl win, so take a chill pill. Yeah, Boston fans, calm down. Um, this is We know how much you guys love to claim claim former Bostonites. He is not a former Bostonite. The kid's from the Bay Area. Let's get that straight. Um, secondly, Talk about a well-traveled kid. He's from the Bay Area. He goes to Michigan in the Midwest. Then he goes to New England, the Far East Coast, and now he's playing in Tampa, the South. Like he's got to, what's he's got to go to Seattle next or with Texas a, with I a mean. wife from Brazil. Um, let's just like, let's talk just about a well-cultured a man, I guess. <laughs> he spent many many a uh, carnival in in Brazil along with his wife. <laughs> so uh, yeah, very well-traveled man, very 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 cultured individual. Um, but he, maybe that's what makes the TV twelve diet so good. You just gotta you gotta try different cultures in that cuisine, uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm with you. The Patriots fans need to calm down. Boston fans, he's not one of you anymore. Um, <laughs> he he is actually the opposite side of not one of you anymore. <laughs> um, just keep that in mind. But yeah, guys, uh, that does it for us. Catch us. Uh, we'll go live. Well, heck, you guys are listening to us live Tuesday uh, every Thursday, two p.m. Eastern time on the Unhinged Sports Network. Uh, also go live on Anchor every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. 
I'm sorry, guys. It's late when we're recording this. I am losing my mind. But anyways, guys, until next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.